Hello and welcome to the Odd Drummer Gaming Podcast, the podcast about stuff. This podcast is a must-miss. I'm your host, Edmund Agabeo. Agabao. It has been seven months since my last confession, I mean episode. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the Squid Game, Hot Off the Presses, on Netflix. But briefly, right off, right off the top, I want to talk about the Cowboy Bebop intro that just dropped. I have some thoughts, so I'm not sure, I don't think I've talked about it on the show before, but Cowboy Bebop, the anime, is one of my favorite things in the world, regardless of genre. I don't even, I can't even call myself an anime fan, I just like Cowboy Bebop. I've watched a handful of anime, but I, I can't say that, like, oh yeah, I like anime, I just like the show Cowboy Bebop. I think it's perfection. It's one of the coolest things in the world. So in my mind, I can't help but feel like this live action show, as cool as it could be and would be, in my mind, unfortunately, I kind of have already written it off as like, this will never be able to measure up to the perfection of the anime, which is unfortunate for me because, like I said, I just love the anime so much. I just, I can't see it matching the original. I I like when they do live action things. I think it's cool. I think they can add a lot of like realism and kind of just level up the series as a whole, even though the anime is perfect. But in my head, it's just like, you know, there's something about it. I guess I'm not really explaining myself accurately. But so let's go to this intro. The intro looks weird it looks cool there are some cool aspects to it but the brief shots that they show it looks weird uh the first thing that came to my mind was peewee's playhouse and i don't i don't mean that as a dig or a shot at the netflix show i it just it looks kind of weird and then after watching it another time it just it makes me think tim burton it makes me think tim burton or maybe the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There, it's weird. It looks weird stylistically. I saw a comment saying it looks like Disney on Ice. I think the costumes kind of look a little outlandish or something. They, they have, they're going for a distinct style, and that's fine. And I think, I think as fans, we should try to be open-minded about it. I think we should be open-minded about anything and everything. And I I hate the fact that in my head I've like written it off before I've even seen episode one. And I hope most people don't do that. But, you know, most people are going to do what they do. So I I hope most people go into the first episode with an open mind. I don't mean to, I'm I'm not trying to trash it or anything. I'm just voicing my thoughts that it, it looks weird. I saw another comment online saying, you know they're they're adapting a, an anime to a different type of media. They're going from anime to live action, and there's good stuff that come with that and bad stuff because there's things that you can do in a live action that you can't do in an anime and vice versa. So with that, it it's not, it can't be a one for one adaptation. It has it's going to be different in different ways. But first impressions. In this, in this comment that I read online, first impression was that it looks bizarre. And that, that accurately describes it. It looks bizarre. So 
I I hope it'll be good. Like I I I don't want to watch it and I don't want to dislike it. I don't want to trash it. I I want to enjoy it. I want it to be good. But that's just my first impression. It it looks weird. I I'm going in extremely cautiously optimistic. And we'll see. I I I really like John Cho. I thought it was an interesting choice for Spike Spiegel. Um probably not my first choice just cuz I wasn't really thinking of him in the role. I over the years I always thought that John Krasinski would have been perfect for that role. Just cuz you you watch him on the office and the way he speaks and the way he carries himself, he's like tall, skinny. The way he like rolls up his sleeves and he has kind of a a kind of like a, a sort of a lazy, unkempt look about him and his whole vibe on the office even though it's it's the complete opposite of a like a cool super cool kind of badass action hero in Spike Spiegel even though i think John Krasinski went on to do all these action movies with the Jack Ryan series or something i haven't seen any of those but i was i had those thoughts before Jack Ryan even existed for Jim Halpert but John Cho like i like I was going to say I like him. I don't I haven't really seen a lot of his stuff. I I liked him in Star Trek, I guess. But I I'm rooting for John Cho, um Asian pride and all that. I'm Filipino. So and he looks great in the role. He looks good in the suit. He looks cool with the guns and stuff. So I want it to be good. Just visu- visually it looks it looks like Tim Burton or Pee-wee or something. Anyway, I I went too long on that anyway. So let's talk about Squid Game. Um I had I had no idea what it was. I think most people had no idea what this was and they were probably like me, they were intrigued by the thumbnail/trailer that Netflix forces upon your senses when you log on to the Netflix site. You don't even have to click on anything. You just log on to Netflix and they're forcing those trailers into your eyes, ears, nose and everything all at once. And so the the trailer was very intriguing and you're like what is this and all the pink soldiers it's visually intriguing. So I I told my wife like I want to watch this. So we start watching it and I got to say like o- overall we both really liked it. Surprisingly, I look on the Wikipedia page and there's no there's no comparisons on the Wikipedia page to The Hunger Games, even though that's all I could think about when I was watching it. From the fact that you're you have a group of people entering these games to win a prize and this is going to be spoiler heavy, so if you haven't seen Squid Game, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to listen to this any ever anyway, but that's all right. So Towards the end of the series they even added the audience element where people are watching this and they're betting on the different competitors to see who's going to win the competition. It's very Hunger Games at least to me. And I started thinking about this a lot like I don't really want to say that Squid Game is derivative of Hunger Games cuz everything has their influences. And this it's almost like this has become a new genre like the first time I heard about it was Battle Royale that Hunger Games was kind of ripping off Battle Royale and Squid Game on the Wikipedia it's 
it said that there were criticisms because it was comparing it to a 2014 Japanese movie where in the movie it was the Japanese version of Red Light, Green Light. So I don't really want to say derivative, but everything has its influences. And then I started thinking about, like I mentioned, Battle Royale. I started thinking about the short story, The Lottery, which is kind of an intriguing, interesting short story. And then Logan's Run, I think, had just... What it made me think of is, if you haven't seen Logan Logan's Run, I think it's called Logan's Run. Spoiler alert. But you live in a futuristic, dystop, dystopic? dystopic world where at the age of 30... I forget the term, but they event, they basically kill you at the age of 30. I'm assuming to kind of control the population or the food resources or something like that. But they don't they don't call it killing you. They call it something like ra- raising you up and everyone's applauding like, oh, congratulations, you're 30 now. And they raise you up, but really they're killing you. And Logan's Run, I think, was from the 70s. So they're... This is like a, a kind of a new genre, like dystopic future. The interesting thing about Squid Game, it's it's not really dystopic future. It's like present time. And that was an interesting commentary. And with Hunger Games, the commentary, the commentary was about a government becoming too strong. Like the dangers of that. Um, if a government com- becomes too strong and they, they're punishing the districts for rebelling against the government and the way they punish the districts is by having these children go into like this lottery type thing and these two children from each district have to fight each other, kill each other against their will to earn a prize and even after they've won, the games never really end. So that was the commentary there. But for Squid Game, it's similar but different. Squid Game, it's adults. And the interesting commentary is kind of what these people would be willing to do physically, emotionally, morally, ethically, uh, grammatically, um, in order to win this prize money. And it was interesting because after the first game they the more majority voted to exit the games and one of the characters was like being out there is just as bad as being in the games because you're outside of the games and you're literally suffering and dying outside and you're drowning in debt and you have no hope of survival you're 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 literally dying so at least when you're inside the games, you have a chance to win this prize money, even though everyone is literally being destroyed and killed in order to win this uh, prize money. So I thought the commentary was interesting. And, you know, throughout the games, you you form these alliances with these friends. And eventually they start to like, it's an interesting commentary. What are they willing to do? in order to get that prize money and around the time that they get to the the marble game they start to turn each other i, I gotta get their character names correct so sanghuo sanghuo was like i don't know what you would call him anti-villain anti-hero i guess he, he's not really anti-hero he's like an anti-villain or something he turns evil by the end of this thing and 
so Sanguo ends up turning on Ali and it's it's tragic because Ali's just this it's just a decent nice guy who helped Gihun Gihun in the first episode and he's like this really kind of strong nice character kind of an innocent he I guess he kind of plays this he represents like the innocence in a person in this game and he never wants to he never wants to turn on anyone I don't he never turned on anyone he never betrayed and he was winning the marble game fair and square but Sang Huo he's like I am willing to do anything to get to the end to to win this prize money for my for myself to pay off debts for my mother and even Gihun who was he showed loyalty to number one the old man he 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 showed him friendship and loyalty throughout the whole games and then all of a sudden number one is like I don't remember it's even odd and Gihun starts tricking him and the interesting predicament that they they present is 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 Gihun um is he tricking him out of being sinister is he being insidious is that the right word is he being kind of sinister that oh I need to cheat I need to cheat this old man in order to get to the end and win or is he thinking like this old man is losing his mind he has no chance of getting to the end he's going to die a horrible death regardless he's dying regardless of the games he's like sick and old so really i'm putting him down out of pity out of sympathy i'm doing him a favor so there's two ways to look at it on the other hand sang huo was just completely cheated ali and ali was winning the game but sang huo is just kind of an asshole uh real quick i want to get it out of the way um ho yun jung i found her terribly attractive throughout the whole games it was kind of distracting but i thought she did a really good performance throughout the games as well throughout the series but i liked her a lot i liked her character a lot as well and what's interesting is she was paired up with this other girl and the other girl was just like, I, I've got nothing out here. So she kind of forfeits her marble and allows, I don't even know her name, number 67, uh, 67 to advance through the games. And that was kind of a heartbreaking moment. There's a lot of heartbreaking moments from this series. I will say my favorite part, my, my wife's favorite part was was the Marvel game because they're they're matching up because you think okay we better pair up with a friend or someone we trust someone strong because we don't know what the next game is and gihun was going to match up with some dude he's a young looking strong dude and he's like together we can advance to the game and he decided to go with the old man and then the game tricked you he's like no only one of you can advance you have to fight against each other and my wife liked that aspect. She liked how, how they the games kind of tricked them in that aspect. My favorite part was the tug of war. And I thought it was just a real amazing piece of TV when you have Gihun's team and they have an old man on their team and they have three girls and it's they realize it's tug of war and they're going up against a bunch of dudes. And you you think... 
you think on the one hand, okay, Gihun's team is probably going to win because he's the main character and he's going to get to the end. But how? You have no idea how. But this old man starts spouting out all these strategies like you got to alternate, you got to lean back, you got to plant your feet, you got to do all this stuff. And I was so intrigued and so exhilarated by that scene. And then right when they they even with all this strategy they start to win at first but they eventually start to lose and then Sanghuo is all is all like on the count of three we're gonna move forward one two three and then they go forward and then the episode cuts and I was like I almost throughout the whole sequence I, I almost got emotional just because it was such a powerful piece of TV television the the thing the thing that I think about twice is. Um, realizing like when you get to the end that the old man is one of the VIPs, when he's spouting off all this strategy to the rest of the team, is he cheating? Because if he's a VIP, he has to... I wasn't sure if as a VIP he knew all of the games going in or was it part of the fun for him that he didn't know all of the games going in. So that wasn't all that clear to me. But... When I watched that episode, the tug of war episode, prior to knowing that he was a VIP, I thought it was amazing. But thinking, looking back and thinking about it now, knowing that he's a VIP, it kind of takes away from that moment because I'm not sure if he he was cheating. Because if he was cheating, it 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 just kind of takes away from that moment. Because prior to knowing that he was a VIP, it's like he's just this old man who out of nowhere gave them this strategy for tug of war and it helped them to advance and help them to win but then upon later finding out that he was a vip it kind it just kind of takes away from that moment but overall i i did like the series a lot my wife liked it a lot i felt i felt it was a little long pat walsh of we'll see you in hell he says long in the tooth i felt the series was a little long in the tooth especially because I was so intrigued by the pink soldiers and that first episode. I mean, I understand that they need to take their time to introduce you to this main character, Giyun, and they did a good job. But the episode for me felt a little long just because I was so excited and intrigued to get into the games. Like, where are the pink soldiers? And he is kind of an intriguing character because he's kind of a loser. And it's not like black and white, like he's a loser, but he has a heart of gold it's not really like that he he really is like kind of a loser he's the opening scene i think he's he's 47 living at home with his mom and he's like yelling at his mom he's having a tantrum like a child like give me more money um and the mom is old and she's still working and he's eating in the living room and he's just portrayed as this really big loser and then he takes his mom's credit card or debit card and eventually guesses the passcode correctly, and he immediately goes to the horse races. But eventually they reveal that he he has a daughter, and he loves his daughter very much, and he's willing to do anything and everything for his daughter. But then these thugs come and shake him down for money, and they're like, give me, give me your thumbprint. They, they took their time establishing him as a character, and I felt like it was a little long, but... I understand that they wanted to really establish that character correctly. One thing I, I, I didn't really care for, I don't know if you could call it a... 
I don't know if you could call it a subplot because it was kind of integral to the plot. But every time they cut to this undercover cop, I was kind of like, I, I would get bored. I thought everything was so strict with these guys, with these pink soldiers. It always felt to me so unbelievable that he would be able to infiltrate this facility and not get caught. And yeah, there were a few close calls and he just managed to weasel himself out of those situations kind of easily but that kind of subplot I did I didn't really find it all that interesting and towards the end when he he's looking for his brother and then he found out that he he found that there was this zombie person who only had one kidney and then the guy that he's interrogating reveals that it, it wasn't a guy it was a girl and then eventually he found out that his brother was a previous winner eventually I figured Okay, the masked man is probably going to be his brother because they're really focusing on these two characters, the masked man and the cop. And if the masked man takes off his mask and it's just some dude, some guy completely unconnected to any other character, then then it would be like, who cares? It, it wouldn't really matter. So I felt it, it kind of became a little predictable that it was going to be his brother. But that whole subplot slash plot... I didn't find all that interesting, even though it was kind of integral to the plot. And last thing I will say is that at the end of the at the end of the series, okay, he has I don't know how much he he gave a bunch of money to Sanghwa, Sanghwa's mom, and the hot girl's uh little brother, I I think. And no mention of Ali, which kind of sucks. He should have gave some money to Ali or just a, even a two-second mention like, I'm going to send them some money or something, uh, which is really unfortunate because Ali was like, again, like I said, a really nice character. But at the end of the series, okay, Gihun, you've got your monies. You got your red hair that looks ridiculous. You survived the games. I know you're in a, you have mental, emotional, physical trauma from the whole ordeal. But you won, you got your monies, and you have the chance now to go see your daughter. And I'm like, go see your daughter. You got your monies, go see your daughter. That should be the only thing that matters. And I kind of don't really understand why or how anything or anyone would be more important than seeing his daughter. You, you have your monies. Go and see your daughter, take her out to dinner, like have a nice time, go build five houses with your daughter and like the last scene is kind of like a cliffhanger thing he decides not to get on the plane and he's going to investigate who these people are which i don't know i i i understand and of course they do it because they want a season two they want to continue this thing they want more uh, netflix itself wants more monies from the people but and i understand there's two choices there like I said, you have your monies, Giyun, go see your daughter. or And the games will continue. And you could kind of turn your back and be like, you know, all my friends died. Everyone I was close to in the games are dead. I have my money. I'm going to see my daughter. Or I can look into these guys and put a stop to it. Kind of, again, kind of like Hunger Games. In Hunger Games, you could win the games and that's it. And they're like, no, I'm going to go back and destroy the system. Although in the Hunger Games, they were forced back into the games. 
in Squid Game, he's he's a free man. He has the ridiculous red hair and he's a free man. But he decides to go back and dis- try to investigate and destroy the system, which I get. But at the same time, Giyun, go see your daughter. Or at least go see your daughter and then come back. Come back in like a month or something. So I like how this series presents choices and the characters are all like, I guess you could call them morally ambiguous, sort of. Because even Sang-Wo, you could look at him at the end of the series and say, oh, he has become like a cartoonish villain. But not really, because like what he did to Ali was like evil. But in his mind, he's like, I got to do anything and everything I can to do to get to the end. Like, I'm sorry, Ali, you're a good man, but I, I got to do this. If it's me or you, it's going to be me or it's going to be you. I don't know how that goes. But then even at the end, I hate that I'm calling her hot girl. I'm sorry. Um, actually, I don't mind it that much. I'll be honest. I'm going to call her 67. So even when he's dealing with 67, it's like he mentions like she was dying, bro. She was on her last leg. It was a pity. It was a pity kill. I ended her suffering. And then Giyun's like, no, we could have treated her. So it is interesting. And does Sang-ho really believe that he was pity killing her? Or did he do it to eliminate her from the competition? It's interesting how this series kind of presents choices for you. And they are all kind of morally ambiguous characters who... and. The, interest, the interesting premise of the whole show is like how far are these go- guys going to go? How much of themselves are they going to lose? Are they willing to lose in order to get to the end for the, this money? And it's it's such like a tragic ending because part of the like a big reason why Giyun went back into the games is to get money for his mother and his mother, spoiler alert, his mother ends up dying at the end so he's not there to be with her during her last moments and he has all this money but it's useless the one of the big reasons that he went into the games is is done it's gone it's terminated it's eliminated it's, it's over so it's really sad when he goes to lay down with her and also kind of weird cuz it looked like he grabbed her boob i'm just saying watch that scene again it was a little awkward or maybe not that awkward, depending on where you're from. It was a really good show. I'll definitely watch a season two if they put it out. It would have been kind of cool if they just did a one-off. You know, the U.S. thing. U.S. keeps going for years and years and years. I hope they don't do that with this. I don't know how much. I don't know how much story they have to tell there. It was an intriguing first season, and but if they do the Hunger Games things when they go back into the games to destroy the system, like. I don't know. We'll see. But it was a good series. I liked it a lot. So that's Squid Game. Thanks for listening. Stay odd and keep on playing.